What's up, everyone? Welcome back to All Good Points. It's your favorite sports podcast that's hosted by me, Ricky Gray Jr. We have a lot to talk about this week, starting with the Chiefs claiming their first Super Bowl victory since 1970. Football isn't going to stop there either, considering that Vince McMahon is bringing back the XFL. But is it going to succeed, or will it flop just like the AAF did? All that and more on this week's episode of All Good Points. Remember to rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram at All Good Points Podcast and on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Now let's start the show. Okay, so if you watched the Super Bowl, right, you were probably pretty happy with the way that it went for the most part, okay? I mean, of course, everybody had their own team that they wanted to win. I was on the 49ers side. I really wanted to see the 49ers win. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs were able to claim a victory, which I'm not mad at the Chiefs about. The Chiefs were just the better team late in the game. What I want to say that was super interesting was how how San Francisco played the exact way that they always like to play. Like they like to play this run game and take up most of the clock, but there's a big problem when you're a team that does that. The reason being when you take up most of the clock, if another team starts to score, I'd say fairly quickly, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble. So just a real quick overview of the game. I don't want to get too too deep into it because you guys most likely watched it. So if you did watch it, I don't want to bore you with all the semantics of what happened and things like that. But nevertheless, uh, San Francisco had three unanswered scores, right, and put them up 20 to 10 heading into the fourth quarter. Now, this is really exactly where San Francisco wants any opponent. This is this is the exact situation that San Francisco wants every t- every opponent uh, to face. They have to come back with a limited amount of time. There's 15 minutes in the fourth quarter. They're going to try to limit how long you have the ball. Okay, so. What ends up happening is at the six-minute mark, I think it was six, yeah, six minutes and 13 seconds is when Kansas City starts to score, right? It makes it 20 to 17. Now, that's six minutes left in the game. So this is where it gets interesting for San Francisco because now they have to make a decision of whether they think they can continue to run the ball and run the clock down or if they're going to have to pass down the field and actually try to score some more points just to keep San or uh, to keep San Jesus to keep Kansas City away. Um, so needless to say, they weren't able to do that. And then Kansas City went and scored, you know, two other unanswered um, scores, and uh, the the final the final score ended up being thirty one to twenty. It was just interesting because it was kind of like the San Francisco plan backfired on them. You know, it's, I'm going to take up all this time on the clock by running the football, but unfortunately I can't move the ball efficiently downfield enough. And the Chiefs, to be honest, the Chiefs defense clamped down late in the game. I'm going to give that to the Chiefs defense. They just, they straight up clamped down on San Francisco at the end of the game in that final quarter. And San Francisco really wasn't able to do much of anything. Now, I think one of, there's there's a couple of things that I want to talk about when it comes to uh, these two teams that faced off in the Super Bowl. First off, um, I'm very happy for for the Chiefs and Andy Reid. Uh, first of all, the Chiefs not claiming a Super Bowl since 1970. 
to be me being a fan uh, of a team that has never claimed a Super Bowl victory. And the last time that, you know, Kansas City won a Super Bowl was against my Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it's, I guess, hopeful to see that a team can kind of take a long time to get to a Super Bowl. I really hope it doesn't take Minnesota 50 years to win a Super Bowl. Although, like, they still haven't won one. I'm just saying, like, 50 years of my own personal life, I really hope that I'm not a 76-year-old man and I finally get to see a Super Bowl because then I'm not – I probably won't even know what the hell a Super Bowl is at that point. I'll probably be too confused and, and completely out of it to understand what's going on. Um, but it was, like, kind of like this sign of hope that, you know, a rebuild sometimes is necessary. And if you guys read the article that I wrote on a Minnesota rebuild – You'll understand why I'm I'm for Minnesota basically tearing everything down and starting over again, having a couple of losing seasons um, to actually build a better football team. I know it sounds crazy, and I know you're thinking like, oh, well, the team's fine right now. Unfortunately, the team's not fine right now, um, but I'm getting off track. What I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, first of all, congrats to Kansas City, like I said, um, but more importantly... I don't think San Francisco fans need to hang their head on this one. This isn't the kind of thing where you're not going to see San Francisco again for another 10 or 15 years in a Super Bowl. I There's a good chance San Francisco goes right back to the Super Bowl next year. It's not it's not so far-fetched to say that, you know, with a draft and an offseason, you see San Francisco back in the Super Bowl again and they win it. I don't think that's a far-fetched thing to say. You might think it is, but I really, I honestly, I think that they have a better chance of doing that than a lot of people realize. They have a very, very strong defense. They have a great scheme on offense, right? It just needs to be tailored a little bit to the new way of football, which is really, you know, high scoring. Um, so I think that there's a lot of things that San Francisco can do this off season, uh, mainly, you know, getting, I guess, getting the scheme on offense, right. To where it's not so run heavy, where it's a lot more balanced. Um, if they do something like that, there's a lot of potential for San Francisco to go right back and do this all over again. Kansas city is the same exact thing with Kansas city. Um, you have a great core team. Right, you've got that. You've got a stellar quarterback. Uh, you got a pretty solid running back in Damian Will, uh, Williams. You've got you know great wide receivers in Tariq Hill and um, Sammy Watkins. You got a great tight end in Travis Kelsey. So all of the pieces are there. Your defense is starting to come together, even though they came together late in the you know late in the game. Um, your your defense is starting to come together. So I think if Kansas City adds some more pieces on defense then there's potential to see Kansas City all over again next year. It's just, I, I think, like, as far as, like, you know, fans go, we get so hung up on, okay, well, this is it. If we don't win here, I'll never see this team again or we'll never make it back again. That's just not true, especially when it comes to San Francisco fans. Like, if you're watching San Francisco play and you were heartbroken by that game, I understand being heartbroken by a game. But at the same time, you got to understand that you have one of the best teams in the league, and there is a very, very good chance that you end up there all over again next year and you get another shot at it. Um, further news from the NFL side of things before I cut to you know XFL stuff. Um, one of the things that is kind of circulating around the league is Tom Brady heading to um, Oakland, like Oakland's going to make them, uh, Oakland's going to make Tom Brady an offer if he decides not to, um, if he decides not to resign with the Patriots. Now I don't, I really truly don't think that 
Tom will sign with anybody besides the Patriots. And I know that there's a lot of people that are like, okay, well, I don't want to hear that. And I understand that you might not want to hear that, but them's the facts. Um, that's that's the truth of, of it all is that, you know, you have this situation for Tom where if they put pieces around him, the Patriots are pretty much guaranteed to be a Super Bowl contender, uh, mainly because of scheme, uh, because of every player buying in. You have some of the most hardworking players on any team across the league on the Patriots. And to top that all off, you just have a storied franchise where everybody knows, like, if I go here and I play hard, there's a good chance I'll get a ring very early. Look at Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle got a ring his rookie year. I mean, that's, you can't really ask for much more than that. Uh, so I don't think that Tom makes the move to Las Vegas. And I, I live in Las Vegas. I mean, you guys probably know that by now from, from the way that I talk about Vegas. But um, I just – I don't understand I, – I wouldn't understand the move for Tom. Like, what's, what's the incentive, really? What's the incentive? He comes here, probably gets a crazy stellar contract where it's a ton of money, right? But at the end of the day, Tom doesn't need money. Tom wants another ring before he retires. That's what he wants. He's not going to get another ring with the Las Vegas Raiders. That's just not going to happen. Just thinking about it logically, the the Raiders had a lackluster season already. You know what I'm saying? They they had a really, really bad season. Um, they're going through a rebuilding process. Why would Tom put himself in the situation of having to deal with a rebuild when he can just stay where he is? Everybody loves him because there's not a soul in, in uh, Massachusetts that, that doesn't um, love Tom Brady. There's not a soul in the New England organization that doesn't love Tom Brady. So why would you risk it for the biscuit to go to a place that you don't really know what the organization is like? You don't know what the team's going to look like. You don't know how it's going to play out. Why would you do that when you have something so solid already you can get your ring and be done with football and play for one team the entire time, which is kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say like that's the criteria to get like an automatic first ballot Hall of Fame uh, ticket, but it feels like that's like, it feels like that's the criteria, right? Like you have to play for one team the entire time, first ballot, boom, you're good. Um, regardless, Tom Brady's a Hall of Famer. Everybody knows that. I'm not arguing that point. The only thing that I'm saying is that he has this storied franchise with the New England Patriots. Um, so I don't think he would give that up to move to another AFC team and and play for the Raiders when they're just in the process of a rebuild anyways. Also, really quick, what the hell do the Raiders get out of this deal? Two, two, two maybe three years of a good Tom Brady? Or, I mean, a deteriorating Tom Brady? It's not like he's deteriorating. Let me take that back before I get lynched um, for saying that, you know, Tom Brady is, is deteriorating. What I'm saying is there's... There's a certain thing that happens when you get to the age that Tom Brady is at. Uh, and it's, you know, slowly you start moving a little bit slower and it takes longer to get up and you get injured a little bit easier. So I don't see what, what's in it for the Raiders, to be honest. Like, what, like if, if you do something like that and if you sign somebody like that, what's the purpose? Like, really, truly, what's the purpose? You sign him, you have him for maybe two years, and then what? Like you're not going to get a ring in those two years. So if you're not going to get a ring in those two years, what's the point? Um, or I should say not, not a ring, but you're, you'll get a, the ring. Yes, but you're not going to get a championship in those two years. Um, even though like you won't get either one of the two, it's very hard to explain what I'm trying to explain. I'm just saying like 
the the Raiders won't get a championship or a ring in the two years or however long they have Tom Brady. That's what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of weird stuff that happens in the off season, which I'm very excited to say that I'm going to do a, uh, year in review for each, uh, division. Um, so we're going to start that and we'll talk about some of the things that, you know, teams can do to, uh, kind of boost their, boost their, I guess, morale heading into the off season and heading into next year's, uh, our next season's, you know, regular season. Some of the things that surprised us about teams, I'm going to have my brother join us on that. And we're just going to go over every division. So each week will be a different division. Um, what I do want to talk about though, is that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, worried about that, you know, um, you know, football's uh, coming to a close, but the good news is Vince McMahon has a kind of proposition for us uh, if we decide to watch it. The XFL. Um, if you guys remember a while back, he actually had the XFL too. Uh, that didn't last very long. I think it lasted a season and that was it. Um, so now we we get the XFL all over again. There's eight teams, the D.C. Defenders, New York Guardians, St. Louis Battlehawks, the Tampa Bay Vipers, the Dallas Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks, the Los Angeles Wildcats, and the Seattle Dragons. Now, I'm going to tell you guys right now that I am going to be watching this, and I am going to be talking about it every once in a while. Um, I'm also going to tell you that I'm a New York Guardians fan. I just... First of all, I picked them based off of what their uniforms look like, so I don't really know if they're going to be good or not, but I like it. Um, so the, the kind of thing is the, you know, the superiority complex for, you know, enjoying college football and the NFL for a lot of fans, you know, the XFL doesn't really have a whole lot of appeal or a whole lot of a draw, but at the same time, like it's a 10 week season of football, you know, followed by a two week postseason, uh, two playoff games and a championship game. So it's really quick. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to spend a whole lot of time watching it, but it's just a good, a good little amount of a good little amount of football. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be too upset about it. Um, they don't have any extra points after a touchdown. The team has the option of running a play from the two, the five or the 10 yard line. So it, it would be worth uh one point, two points or three points. Um, they have a different, uh, different punting rule. There's a, double forward pass and the the description is kind of weird so a team can complete a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage and then throw a second forward pass before crossing the line so it can be forward and then forward again uh there's a new overtime rule there is a uh 25 second play clock but it doesn't stop on incompletions so it's going to be a very very fast-paced game but this is this is another thing that's kind of interesting is team nine uh, so there's an extra team that won't be playing any games, but will be coached. So the players accordingly should be readily available to join one of the big eight teams if needed. Um, it's basically a practice squad for all eight teams to pick from. So there's going to be 40 players on one team that, you know, the other teams around the league can pick from. I think that's pretty cool. Um there's also something called a comeback period that stops the clock after every play with under two minutes to go in the half, and it prevents the team from from kneeling out the clock unless their opponent has no timeouts and there is less than one minute left. So you can't kneel um, up until you get under one minute and your opponent has no timeouts. So there's a couple of interesting things there. Um, 
and it's it's going to be tough to like unpack it all and it's going to be it's it's kind of hard to explain everything that's going on in the XFL but I would say give it a watch um what's what does it hurt to watch you know two games on a weekend just to see if you like it the first game is going to be on Saturday um I can't remember who's playing I think it's I don't think it's Seattle but I think it's maybe it's the LA Wildcats maybe it's one of them um but anywho, I do think that it's going to be kind of like a, a pretty good placeholder between, you know, uh, the end of football, basically the end of the Super Bowl and uh, the draft, because the draft will be happening around that time uh, that it ends. What I will say is I think it has a little bit more potential to succeed than the AAF did. If you guys remember the AAF, that was something that was happening concurrent with the NFL season that flopped. Um, because they had zero backing, zero money, a lot of, truly a lot of people lost a lot of money in that. And I do kind of feel bad, but I mean, with any kind of expenditure, like you, you don't necessarily know how well it's going to work. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, uh, it didn't, it didn't really pay off for anybody, but at the same time, those kind of things happen with the XFL though. Vince McMahon has, first of all, a ton of money. Okay. A ton of money. This guy's not hurting for a payday at all. But the the more important thing is that he has a lot of friends in the NFL, in the NFL Association, Players Association, things like that, where uh, the NFL might do a little bit more backing for the XFL. Maybe they'll maybe they'll help him out a little bit. I think he said something about having The Rock do a lot of the promotions for it, which is going to be huge. Um so I think it has a lot of potential to do really well and to last a really long time. I think it's just going to need to there's going to be there's going to need to be more of a draw for like players. So I wonder if some of those ex uh, AAF guys like Trent Richardson and things like that if if they're going to join up and actually play because then maybe it'll it'll bring more attention to it. They've got good time slots too. You know, they've got pretty solid time slots on Saturday and on Sunday. Uh, Fox is carrying it, ABC is carrying it, ESPN is carrying it. So they're going to be getting some attention. Um, I think the a lot of the games are uh, around the $25 range for tickets, so it's very inexpensive tickets. Uh, it's something for a lot of people to do, you know, especially if you live in any of those areas. You can go see a game. Um, I, I just think that there's a lot of potential there. Um, to be pretty good, to be pretty entertaining, especially, you know, considering that there's not a whole lot going on besides basketball. Uh, and I love basketball, but at the same time, having, having football mixed in just something light, you know, something that we won't take too seriously. Cause obviously it's not going to blow up like the NFL does, but if it does, that's kind of like another interesting theory. Like if it does blow up like the NFL, what's the harm? Like what's really, what's the problem with having something in between, you know, a great NFL season and then a great XFL season. It's great. You just roll football into football into football. Um, so I think it does have a whole lot of pen- uh, potential to be very, very entertaining. Um, Last but not least, I think the the last thing that I would like to touch on or or talk about, um, I, I'll say is uh is the 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 unexpected passing of Kobe and Gianna Bryant and the seven others that were on a terrible um, helicopter crash in Calabasas. Uh, very unfortunate. I looked up to Kobe my entire life. Kobe was the reason why I wanted to play basketball in the first place. Um, you can't really prepare yourself for a moment of like an idol, you know, passing away, especially something like that. Uh, so I do, I do want to say that, you know, if, 
if you experienced that and it and it hurt and bothered you, which it should, uh, and you have every right to to feel you know upset about the situation and how it happened, uh, um, you know, just you got to get through it and you got to push and you got to just try to remember you know some of the things that he had you know instilled, which was a a hard work ethic, um, you know, always caring about the things that you do. But just remember the positive times and, and you know, hope to, uh, hope to you know, kind of le- pass down the legacy. Remember, if you have kids, tell them about who Kobe Bryant was. Show them the footage uh, of him playing basketball, and they'll understand how just hard work and determination will make you the best basketball player that, you know, ever lived. Uh, it's an unfortunate situation, but, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we all got to get through it together. Um, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the families. Vanessa Bryant, um it's just it's a tough situation. I did I did want to touch on it earlier, but I figured it'd be a little bit better going out. So you guys, you uh, see, so you guys didn't have to, you know, worry or not worry, but you know, I didn't want to put you in a bad mood in the beginning. But I did want to make sure that I said something about it. Um, so yeah, very unexpected passing. But at the end of the day, you know, Kobe would want everybody to keep pushing forward and keep yelling Kobe every time you shoot a shot into the into the trash or to the uh, into the di- into the sink or you know whatever anytime you're anytime you're shooting a shot just make sure you yell kobe uh that's it for this week guys i will see you next week we'll be doing a year in review for all of the divisions uh we're gonna start with the afc south i think um and then we'll make our way all the way to the nfc south so uh, remember to rate and review all good points on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram at all good points podcast and on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Uh, make sure to follow NUP Sports to keep up with some of the articles that I write. Uh, Fan sided to keep up with some of the other articles that I write. Uh, I'll be dri- dropping the Nightmare Archives probably somewhere around the end of this week or the beginning of next week, depending on how fast I can edit everything. Um, But yeah, uh, you guys have a great weekend, and I will see you next week.